Great. Perfect. Awesome. So I'm here with three of the six people? Five people. Five. Five, five people. The five young men who originally committed. Two of them peeled off at the last minute. Um, uh, from the, the Langham Creek group that I've been talking about, right? So I've got Coop, TJ, and Blake here with me. Um, who peeled off? Will? And Will and Austin. Austin. That's right. Mm -hmm. Bummer. All right. It'll probably work. It's like I was saying, we were... The hard part was going to be the logistics of having like five or six uh -huh. people in my office here, right? And swinging microphones around. So this is all good. This is the second episode where I've interviewed players. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, the, the importance for me, you know, I, I interview with, you know, coaches and administrators and we talk about coaching stuff or administrative stuff, right? But what's fun about interviewing players is, you know, talk to you guys about your experiences, right? What worked, what didn't. How did you get into school? How did you get into college? Um, you know, and then that experience, right? So you guys are still pretty, pretty young in your college experience. You've experienced that fall. Uh, my son, when he went off originally to go play, I know that fall was a big deal, right? And it was different, dude. He got hit in Absolutely. the face, right? Um, so that I think that'll be really interesting to talk about. Um, you know, the other challenge, just so everybody's aware when they're listening, is We've got four of us here around two microphones. So every once in a while, there may be just a sliver of dead space while we're swinging microphones mm -hmm. around, right? Uh, so I apologize. So to kick kick off, I'm going to start around, just start over here around the room. Start with Blake, and maybe Blake, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of how you started playing, right? When you started playing, who introduced you, right? Brothers, moms, sisters, dads, cousins, you know, the, just kind of a, a brief history of how you actually started playing and how you came to the game. So I actually. Um was walking around my garage one day. I was really bored, and I think I was in about fourth grade. And for some reason, we had two plastic lacrosse sticks, and I asked my parents what they were. They explained it to me, um, did a little bit of research, got my first stick a few months later. Uh, they got me out to a camp, and I decided that's what I wanted to do. Did you did you get any explanation of why there were two plastic lacrosse sticks in your garage? Not at all. Excellent. All right. <laughs> That's a good story. I like the fact that there was no explanation that they were just yeah. there. Yeah, they were just. It was preordained, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, TJ, maybe just how you got how you got started, right? Okay, so um, I think it was sixth grade. Everybody is required to take uh, like PE. And usually for like two weeks at a time, we'll do different sports to try different things. And at the moment, we were doing lacrosse. Oh, okay. Um, at the moment, we were doing lacrosse. And I was like, I wasn't very good at it at the moment, but I was kind of like picking it up and everything. And then one of my buddies was playing. He would play with like these two girls that lived down the street from him, and they played girls lacrosse, and he would play uh, regular cross with them and they would pass around and everything and one time I went over and they were playing and I'm like oh we played this at school you know and he's like he was explaining to me and then they had a league a little like kind of local area league going and I decided like hey you know I'm kind of interested in the sport maybe I'll try it out to see if I like it because at the moment I just wanted to play football and I mean after playing lacrosse with my buddies and seeing how fun it was I think me and Cooper actually he bought his first lacrosse stick first, and then like a few days later, I went to academy, picked up my stick, and then we played wall ball for about six hours that day, right after school. And then I remember coming home, I was so sore, <laughs> everything in my body hurt. It was, it was, but I do not regret it. It was awesome. So, so was that here? 
Yes, it was. Uh, yep, in Cyprus. Oh, all right. Cool. Yep. So there was. Um, so I, I like stories like that, right? Taylor Brooks tells a good story of when he came to the game, right? Mm. His older brother played, and it was in Cyprus. And you know, Taylor was playing. I, I, I want to make sure I get this right. I think he was playing. His brother was in high school, and he was like in fifth or sixth grade at the time, right? So he would go play with his brother and mm -hmm. his friends, right? And he was just like the designated picker. Right? Yeah. He couldn't do anything except set picks, right? Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that there was, you know, there was girls, it sounds like, down the street, mm -hmm. right? And there was a, there still is a legitimate girls program here, oh, yes. right? And it yep, existed absolutely. even back then. And that's kind of interesting that that's how you got introduced to mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah. yeah, very cool. All right, this is going to be a tough one because I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to spin this <laughs> around, right? Um, so Coop, same question to you, right? How did you get started? Um, yeah, well, me and TJ are uh, pretty similar. Um, uh, stories we got interested in uh, around the same time and um, the main difference for me is just uh, I, I didn't end up like during the whole PE thing like different classes did different things and so uh, I didn't actually get to play uh, lacrosse in PE but um, we still had that common friend who um, like kind of introduced us who was playing who, who is this person? Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he lives in Tennessee anymore. now, but he w he yeah. was a hockey player. Yeah. And his dad was a big time coach for like his hockey team, and then he would end up coaching us for our CFSA lacrosse yeah. team. Yeah. Like every time we'd uh, go over to that guy's house, his uh, dad would always just like play like a bunch of sports like basketball, football, and um, and he also threw lacrosse in there because um, uh, our friend was into that at the time, and um, they, he basically just suggested we. Uh, joined the CFSA seven on seven team that he was going to coach, and um, so yeah, I went to academy, bought just the really crappy strung uh, <laughs> uh, factory strung lacrosse sticks. It was like a Nike Elite or something. Mm -hmm. And um, me and TJ went to um, our the elementary school by our house that day, and we just like we we went on the soccer goals. And it was just a terrible idea because the ball just went straight through the net. But we would just take turns, like, shooting with uh, the stick I just got. And then, like he said, the next day we went, he got his stick. And um, we started playing wall ball for, like, a long, long yeah, time. Oh, absolutely. So, so I guess the question, we'll go back around the room just like we just did, right? That I, It's the same follow-up for all of you, right? So that was a pretty informal introduction to the game, right? CFSA, mm -hmm. and maybe we'll talk about CFSA, right? Mm -hmm. So the Cypher Sports Authority? Sports Association. Sports yes. Association. Yeah. So CFSA, right, is, is, is a local organization that they have all kinds of sports, right? Mm -hmm. Football, yeah. baseball, I think, man, soccer. I know soccer's out there. Yeah. Lacrosse. And it's it's basically a Cypher specific uh, association that sets up, you know, Cypher specific leagues, right? And there's a lot of kids out here who have been introduced to lacrosse through CFSA, yeah. right? Um so now we know you found these magical plastic sticks in your garage, right? So Blake, for you, I mean, when did you get introduced to formally, right? Into, into, into structured lacrosse or was there just a period of time where you, you were just out in the street playing wall ball for a while or how, how quickly did you get introduced to formal lacrosse? So that summer, um, we had been kind of looking around, seeing if there was any way I could get some sort of introduction to it. There was a camp down in the Katy area for a team that actually no longer exists. And I just went out to that camp. It was a three-day camp, I believe. And uh, that's how I got started. And what, it was What team was that? It was the West Houston Cannons, the I Cannons. believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I just kick in at old school. Yeah, that's, that's an old reference. That is <laughs> an old team. 
but uh yeah so i got out there uh for that um so what what grade was that what grade were you in that would have been i believe between fourth and fifth grade oh wow so uh, i think as i was leaving that camp i told my parents i want to do this when is lacrosse season and uh I started up the next spring with Ironman. So I was going to say, your introduction wasn't even in, in with CFSA or with, with Ironman. It was out in Katy with, with Cannons, right? Yeah. I I actually did start playing before uh, CFSA was a thing. So uh, did you put, where, so where did you, your first year was with the Ironman? Your first yes. I, I played all of my elementary and middle school across through the Ironman and then moved to Langham when I got to high school. How did you find out about, the cannons was it just were they just having an open camp for whoever wanted to come out and play or was it you knew somebody and they said hey come out and give it a shot i think it was a uh, open invite camp and i told my parents i wanted to try it and my parents are open to trying anything so so when was the between the time that you discovered the magic plastic sticks and got your own equipment but between that and the cannons camp how, how how long was that so I had to, I got all of my full equipment probably the week before that camp and, uh, it was just on a whim and here I am years later and still playing. <laughs> so after, you know, after that cannons experience, was it immediate? Hey, the next Ironman season you were, you were all in. Right? Yes. It, uh, and that was exactly like that. fifth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. All right, cool. So TJ, same for you, same for you, right? What, what was your. What was your first experience with structured organized lacrosse? So after I got my first stick, it was maybe it wasn't actually a long time. It was maybe three to four weeks a month, maybe, um, when CFSA started up, and like whenever they were like, "Hey, you know, seven on seven, it's not a full lacrosse team." But at the moment, I didn't know that. I thought that's how you played, where it's like three attackmen. Or like it was, I don't, it was all weird. Yeah, it was like two on two. It was crazy. So your understanding at that point was, hey, it's it's. And the fields were sideline to sideline, yeah. and it was like, wow, this is not that bad. Like I could, yeah. That reminds me of so Rich Moses, who's the head coach at Highland mm-hmm. Park. I interviewed him, uh, and when he he and his brother first quote found lacrosse, right? They had seen the only thing they had seen was like a, a practice or some kids mm-hmm. playing pickup lacrosse. And the only way they had seen it was with the goal face down. So mm-hmm. all they saw was a triangle. Mm-hmm. So they built a lacrosse goal and it was a triangle, <laughs> right? Cause that's all they knew, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, um, same, same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It was, so your was this your, what year was this? Fifth, this sixth was grade? my sixth grade. Yeah. Sixth grade. And yeah, so it was sixth grade. It was it the summer. Or it was still during the school no, year. Cause, what? Because CFSA yeah, season and Ironman season conflicted, and I was going between the two at the time. It was like near the that's end right. Of the school yeah. Year. Okay, that's right. So, um, I remember because at the time I think, or the next year we did CFSA too, but it was around the track season. So I remember having to come late from track whenever I did do that. But um, yeah, I think it was right after CFSA. Um, after CFSA started up, we started like learning the skill. Everybody on the CFSA team did not know how to play, except yeah, yeah. Blake. When Blake, but he obviously he uh, you know learned at his Ironman and then came to CFSA. Uh, for us, CFSA was the first thing we've ever done. So we had two coaches. It was Blake's dad, and then our friend that uh, introduced us. It was his dad, and 
they we had they had somewhat of a good understanding of lacrosse and kind of like the fundamentals. And I remember going back home that night after um, after our first practice, not knowing how to cradle, and I just went on YouTube, typed in lacrosse like lacrosse tricks or something. And then there was like this U.S. lacrosse how to cradle, and I I looked at it, and after I learned how to cradle, I was like showing my mom like look look what I can do now. I was walking around the house cradling, trying to you know do spin dodges in the house. I was so excited to play, and then right after CFSA is when. Um, there was this, I guess, camp called Powerhouse Lacrosse, and that's when Coach Hunt is actually like I think he set it up and everything, and there was a website for it, and it was just like a it was like a summer camp where you would go certain times in different uh, grade levels, and you would just practice, you just practice your fundamentals, and I remember, um, just you know going to that, being super excited, and whenever, um. Like, since we were only learning fundamentals, we, you know, really, we focused on our ground balls and passing and catching mainly at practice. We didn't really do anything, I guess, like, s super fun to the more advanced player till later, later. But, um, yeah, I just remember working on fundamentals for hours and then, like, still being, like, psyched to get back out there and learn even more fundamentals. How it's, like, opposite now, how we just want to get to the fun stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I guess, since Coop, since y'all's stories kind of kind of line up, my, my question for you is going to be a little different, right? It, the coaching that you just described, right? Mm -hmm. It was it was dads, right? You know, everybody's stumbling all over themselves nowadays for kids who played in college and, mm -hmm. and all that. But you know, you had dads who were out helping you out. A, you know, not necessarily. Well, I'll tell you what. Not necessarily were they good or did they know what they were doing. But at at that age, and now knowing what y'all know now, mm -hmm. right? Because you moved on to college. At that age, I mean, did it matter, right? Did did, did it really matter that your fifth or sixth grade coach, you know? played two years at Syracuse, right? I mean, does, 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 does it make any difference to you guys? Uh, yeah, well, uh, for me personally, I like I didn't get into like any sort of like athletic stuff until sixth grade when I um, – actually, this was my – yeah, this was my first experience with any sport at all, really. And so I didn't really have a preference or like a um, – I didn't have anything to base like what a coach would be like off of um, from any prior experience. So uh, to me, it didn't really seem like a big deal uh, to have just uh, some of the players on the team's dads coaching us. Um, and plus, I was only in sixth grade, so I didn't really notice like any like skill gap between what a, a high school like coach that's been coaching for a while and just a dad whose kid is on the team. Actually, I remember the high school lacrosse coach for Langham at the time was Ben Dyer, and he came to one of our practices to teach us like some more fundamentals oh, about yeah. catching and pretending it's an egg and not like snapping at the ball and not breaking it or anything. So I remember him coming over. I mean, with like kind of with your question, like did like the, I guess, um, knowledge of the person who taught us lacrosse, I, I think it really, to me, like, it did not matter whatsoever, because at the, I mean, at the point, uh, when I started learning, I didn't know anything about, you know, structured sports, I didn't know a lot about colleges, I didn't know there was a pro league, I thought it was just kind of a, a local thing, seven I didn't, on seven. <laughs> yeah, and then I, like, you know, do, doing the research and everything, telling everybody at school about it, and it kind of got bigger, and I realized that, 
it's actually a bigger thing than what we're doing. Like there's colleges that are playing this, which I had no idea about. I wasn't even thinking about college in sixth grade. And then there's a pro league and everything. And all I thought was like, I want to see, I want to watch this. So just watching highlights, it was, it was a blast. So I mean, Coop, I mean, it sounded like for you, it was more about, you know, I, my perception. So I always violate the rules of journalism. And <laughs> this stupid podcast. I project stuff to people. You know, my perception is at fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you know, I, I guess there's some, maybe some quote fundamentals or basics, right? I mean, but the reality is, and I suspect your experience was, you just need some dads or some supervision out there that are fired up and excited, right? And keeping y'all focused and, and, and so you don't, you don't, you don't kill each other, right? I mean, was that your experience? Yeah, basically, we really just uh, need someone to be able to teach us just the fundamentals and stuff. Like, it's not super hard to teach the basic stuff like I feel like anyone any like supervisor could just like find the stuff online find good ways to teach it and then uh help their all, all the kids on the team um just practice all the catching and uh the passing just all the basic stuff yeah, um, not, not kill each other. Yeah. Honeycomb Wars. Remember yeah. those? Oh, my, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, <laughs> However, <laughs> I remember, so we'd go over to that friend who introduced us, his house, and like I said, his dad would always um, uh, be doing stuff with us. And so I remember we had our lacrosse sticks, and he decided it would be fun. It was This was definitely, this was his idea. This, he, yeah. He's crazy. <laughs> he, he, he was like, hey, why don't we play like dodgeball? with our lacrosse sticks, but with the, all these pine cones that are everywhere. And so we were just, just chucking these super sharp pine cones just at each <laughs> yeah. other. It was just, we are just having fun. Honestly, just yeah, doing that's dumb all it was stuff. about, was having fun with them. Yeah. Yeah. Different things, that's all it's about. Blake grabbed the microphone, so he's got yeah. something to say, I think. So, uh, I think the biggest thing with getting uh, started with coaches who really don't know much about the game is... Finding someone who can, who can learn on the fly and keep it fun for the kids. So that was one thing that I tried to keep in mind when I went to uh, coach CFSA as I got older. I, it was all about trying to get the kids to do the fundamentals but have a good time doing it. And I think that's one thing I had really good coaches to do is we, we just had a lot of fun and we got better. Did I saw all of you nod your head when he mentioned that? Did all of y'all go back and coach at CFSA at one point or another? Um, they did. Yeah, it was just uh, me and Blake. Um, one of the, one of me and Blake's friends, uh, her dad, um, or her brother was was interested. Her little brother was interested into lacrosse, and um, uh, his dad knew that me and Blake, um, were he knew about us as players on the Lobos, and so. Uh, he reached out to us and asked if we wanted to, uh, if we were interested in uh, coaching their um, CFSA lacrosse team. And so, uh, actually, Will was a part of that too. Yeah, Will. Will um, was our third guy. And so that was that was a really cool experience getting to coach some kids. Yeah. yeah. And and we're getting to see them come into high school now, which is really cool, because yeah, we played we had our alumni game today, and we got three guys on the other team who we got to help. Uh, build to what where they are now and uh yeah, that's awesome that was something that was really cool to see did y'all uh did the alumni win today yes we oh, did yes. oh excellent okay Two points. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all mentioned um what was it 
powerhouse lacrosse and Coach Hunt, right? So when I talk to, to Hunt, I, I know that, you know, when, when he came onto the picture, I, I think y'all's fifth and sixth grade year, right, I think is when maybe he came he, on the picture. He came in the year after I started playing. Okay. So y'all, you may have moved on to middle school already, and, and, and was he was he involved in that? I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to line up, because I know when I talk, well, I, I'm doing a terrible job, but I know when, <laughs> when I talk to okay. Hunt, he had mentioned that there was a group of y'all that he more or less, not, not exactly, yeah. but more or less followed up through the ranks, well, right? Was that the year that um, that I started playing in sixth grade? Had Langham still had not uh, brought in a middle school program, so had I waited a year or had Langham had a program a year earlier, I probably would have gone all the way through middle uh, elementary and middle school playing for the Langham team. I just Started with the Ironmen and finished with the Ironmen because that was gotcha. the group that I integrated with. Um, TJ, did you? Where do you overlap with Hunt? So I think he did have. I don't know if it's true or not, but I think my sixth grade year. I think he did because he did coach Austin Thompson. Yeah, that and that would have been my second year. So okay, yeah. So it was like our sixth grade year. That's when he was kind of coaching the middle school team. They were that was his first group of you know young guys getting used to playing. Whenever he talked about on um, the other podcast, uh, some guys don't they're all like dying on the field because there's not enough numbers and everything. So, I mean, whenever he came into the picture, he was really outgoing about you know getting people to come to this powerhouse uh, lacrosse thing. He like I guess him and Dyer had together, and it was really just to get people that were that lived in our area to play maybe if you're interested you know to get started and I think that's really what kind of pulled me I guess me and Cooper in because I remember like sitting in the house and saying you know we have this on this day this on this day like being really like prestigious about it because we we, you know we loved going to it so and whenever we went to the powerhouse um, what really motivated us is he had these I guess warrior swarms they're this lacrosse head and whoever worked the hardest that day would get this head. And at the time, I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is, the, you know, the prettiest head or, like, the nicest thing I've ever, like, a lacrosse equipment. Because all I have was the beginner stuff. Right. So, yeah. And um, so he would, at the very end of the day, he would give it to the hardest worker. And I remember that was, like, my goal. That's what I wanted to do. So I remember one practice. I just I tried to do everything I possibly could, worked as hard as I could. And I eventually, I got a blue swarm. And I'm like, wow, you know, I, I went to academy. Oh, I've arrived. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went to academy and I bought a piece of hard mesh, which is, especially from academy, it's, it's gross. And I watched a YouTube video, strung it up, and I, I was the happiest boy in the world. I would go through the house cradling. It would fly out because it was an awful job, an awful string job, but I, it was so much fun. If, like, if it wasn't for Powerhouse, I don't think I would, like, be as into um, or like join the middle school lacrosse program that uh, we ended up uh, joining. So was, Coop, for you, was was Powerhouse your first introduction to Hunt or was Hunt already coaching and you knew of him and you'd bumped around and seen him before or Powerhouse was, was the first time you had run into him? Um, yeah, Powerhouse was the first time I ran. I, I don't, um, yeah, that was the first time I had ever met him, um, but I think that there we, the powerhouse wasn't like it was only a few days, mm-hmm. and so we didn't get to know him very well, and so I didn't really um, 
get to know him until uh, seventh grade when I joined, when we, me and TJ joined uh, the middle school Langham team. Um, but yeah, I remember, like, I, I didn't even know if I was gonna play it, like, at the time, because yeah, after CFSA, we lost, like, every single game. I yeah, remember we did. We lost every single that game a, that year. That was a bad year. I yeah, was like, wow. Every single game. That sucked. <laughs> I don't remember. I just, like, after that, I didn't really touch my stick all summer. And then we It was had, kind of football. Yeah, after we, that, it was like, all right, you know, put those grade, in the that's corner. When football started. So that's when we were all into that. And so um, after football season, I remember I was just like, I don't know. Uh, TJ was like, are you going to play lacrosse with this Langham team? I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of into football right now. But um, uh, he's like, yeah, you should just you should just come out. And my mom encouraged me to. And so I ended up going to a practice, and I ended up really liking it, like the mm-hmm. style of the more not – high level but high compared to CFS. Because we still had those kids that were better than us that would kind of give us like tips and everything. I think the high school team was there with Coach Hunt kind of like showing us the ropes and everything and like Coach Hunt would have these practices before the season actually started just to get kids Mm -hmm. like that's his main thing was to get kids out there to see if they even like it to maybe you know get them to play a season and maybe if they like it they stick to it and luckily we ended up, you know, falling into it, thank God, and then, you know, joining the team. But, yeah, I think Hunt, like, being the – I think Hunt was, like, a big reason of, like, why I ended up um, sticking to lacrosse after that because after meeting him on, on that practice, I, I really liked him. He was, like, a nice coach. It wasn't like the football coaches when they're, like, just yelling mm-hmm. at you and just <laughs> – just for no yeah. reason, you, and you, you didn't understand me, so let me say it louder, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I hate those coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, seventh grade, Blake, are you still with Ironman? Yes, I I stayed with Ironman through eighth grade. So, who were your seventh and eighth grade years? Who was who was your coach? So, I started off in my uh, elementary, middle school with Coach Jen, who. I honestly don't know where she is now, but I loved her. Um, she was at Bridgeland through last season. Was she? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, sixth and seventh grade, uh, she was going to move up with us, but she had a baby that year. And so I believe it was Coach Chuck Torres that, uh, for seventh and eighth, gra- uh, seventh and eighth grade with Coach Lakin mixed in, but his son is now playing football at Air Force, and he really kind of fell in love with football towards that time. So he moved on, but uh, through most of middle school, it was Coach Chuck. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I know Chuck. I've actually uh, I've coached with him a couple times too. Right? Yeah, he and played with him. Yeah, he right? stayed at Legacy for many years with us. Yeah, so. yeah. So let's let's fast forward to high school. Right, and maybe talk a little bit about your high school experience. So, you know, y- y'all moved through middle school. You've been introduced to, to, to Brendan, right? He coached at the middle school level. It's kind of interesting that y'all had, that, that you two, right, had the same coach. And I'm curious, maybe for, for, for TJ, start with you. What, you know, Brendan makes that jump with you in the high school, right? You as a player, what, mm-hmm. what, what difference did you see in his coaching, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, what was, what was the impact on you? 
Um, well, I remember my seventh grade year after that year with uh, Coach Hunt. We were like super stoked, you know, super nice guy. We loved the way he coached. He kind of like, he just made it fun to play lacrosse. And um, whenever we heard he was moving up to high school, we were all like just bummed out. Yeah, like, so we oh were, we my still have gosh. Year with middle school. Mm -hmm. So our eighth grade year, we got these coaches. One of them, I'm not going to name them. Oh, he came I in. Ready and how if you're listening. <laughs> he came, showed up, back. showed up for about three or four practices. We had about what was it, 200 balls, brand new balls. Like Next practice, we were supposed to have a scrimmage, didn't show up. We called him, never replied. We had a tournament too. We had a tournament yeah. coming up that next that weekend. Tournament. He didn't show up, so Coach Dyer had to come and coach us. So this coach just never showed up. So I was like. Like wow, this is gonna be a wreck of a year. Cause I mean, at the tournament, we did pr we did pretty well. Like, like I guess it was a big comparing it to yeah. the season before. Seventh grade was bad. So, I mean, not, like not having any coaches, it was kind of like wow, are we gonna be a program anymore? Like, I don't I don't want to have to skip a year and then go to high school. We're not gonna be ready for it. So whenever we did get to high school, it was like a huge relief. I mean, we did have a great coach and our eighth grade year coach Wisniewski. Um, and he was, he just graduated high school and he was coaching for us and so, real quick right there mm -hmm. that, that raises an interesting topic, right? Um, when you're, when you're, and I talked about this with Tim Hilby cause Tim, Tim graduated from, mm -hmm. from Strake and then immediately turned around and he was a coach, mm -hmm. right? And which is tough to almost mm -hmm. impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what was your experience as a player, mm -hmm. right? Having this cat who you probably played with, yeah. right? Um, all of a sudden, you know, he, he's your coach, right? Yeah, so um, before I've, like, never heard of him, I, uh, he talked about, like, what he did in high school, and, I mean, I didn't really know anything really still because I was so young of a player. But um, he came in from high school, and he was kind of, like, the fun guy. Like, he was, he was kind of strict, but that was because we needed to because we were all still, we were still kids. Like, we mess around with each other. We poke each other with our sticks, you know, trying to just make each other immature. mad. Yeah, just super immature things, and he would get mad at us, which I understand, which he should. Um, but I think overall, since we didn't really have a structure because we were still kind of jumbling around with coaches, we, we went three weeks of coaching without coaches. Or we had Redmond Howe, but he didn't really teach us anything. He, like, whenever we did offense, he just pointed. He was like, all right, you're our offense. And, like, okay, what does that mean? Like, we don't have any, we don't have any sets. We don't have any plays, which we should be learning because we're developing. So he came in, he taught us a few plays that the high school ran, and um, I remember he was very okay with us doing the things we do because he he was he was just in high school. He loved the f the fun of lacrosse, so he would let us shoot like Indian style. He would let us do behind the back. He let us cradle one handed, GBs one handed. So he was very a free flowing coach, and I think that kind of like led to the success we had our eighth grade year, which was probably one of the best years that Lobo Middle School team ever had. So it was like super fun to play. He let us do whatever we want. And that, I think that the freedom he gave us was kind of like liberating. And then once we got to high school, the, the freedom kind of went down a little bit. But because the skill set we were, we were at as eighth graders going into freshman year, not like saying we had Coach Wisniewski and then Legacy started. That's when me and Cooper... Uh, I remember going to the first practice at Legacy, three kids showed up, and it was just me, Cooper, and... Um, was it... I don't remember. Was it 
coach Chucks? Was it Sam? Or no, it wasn't was Sam. Was I don't remember. Powerly? No, no. It, 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 it. He played for um. He might have. I don't remember what he played Lucas, for. Lucas, right? Lucas. Lucas. Yep. Um. So it was just us three, and we're like, wow. Like, we did tryouts the week before and everything, and, you know, we were super stoked that we made it. I remember being in tech class and getting, uh, my mom texting me saying, you made lacrosse, uh, Legacy, and I was super happy. I was, I was Yeah, I, I was, oh, my God, I was so happy. And then we showed up to practice, and there's three guys there. Yeah. And that was so, a heavily attended tryout. Yeah, yeah it was like a big deal. 30, 40 guys out there. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, they, I think it was just mainly there's a lot of people just weren't able to make it that yeah. one day. Because after, there was like another day when we had like an introduction mm-hmm. to Legacy for like people to meet each other. And there were like a lot more people. So yeah, I don't know exactly why there so, were only three people at one time. but Yeah, because like we would have like Legacy practices during the Lobo. So we'd kind of like be able to compare the coaching, I guess. Like, um, so Wisniewski was like free-flowing and coach Jason which also is a very free-flowing coach lets you do what you want just make sure if you're going to do it do 100% so I guess kind of like those two like mentors kind of like let us you know build up into the player we are and then we get to high school and then we have coach Hunt which we have chemistry with already and we were super stoked to get with him and I feel like his development as a coach um, like definitely you know you could see the progression in it because he did um, teach at Side Lakes and he was a was a special education teacher. Mm-hmm. So like even with it, like you knew he dealt with kids and everything and um, like other students. So he kind of he related to us, which I really like. So you can talk to him about anything. You can make jokes with him that you would make to your other friends. So like kind of like he's like our friend. He was like our buddy. He was like. Um, so which it was like super comfortable. So if you mess up, he he's not the coach to yell at you. Uh, he's like kind of like talk to you. He's like, hey, was that the best shot? You know, he's like, no. Or what would coach say whenever I would um, shoot? Teach, we can get that shot anytime. We can get that shot anytime. Because um, I remember in eighth grade, like or seventh grade or eighth grade, it might have been freshman year too. There was times where coaches like, you know, you know, right now since like the I guess like the level our team was on at the moment, we're like we're looking for. A shot, not the best shot, but a shot, yeah. because that's kind of like the level we were at. We were desperate for goals and everything. But as you know, Coach Hunt like taught us, and he knows that we're developing, and we're he, he's trying to teach us IQ. Right. Then he's like, "All right, now we're looking for the best shot." So, so was Coop was, I mean, it, it, I guess my question for you, Coop, is like, I mean, you, you stepped up into high school from eighth grade, right, and and. And I could I could appreciate right Hunt mm-hmm. was you know understanding where y'all stood developmentally, mm-hmm. developmentally, but from a player's perspective right was was there a, a big jump from eighth grade to high school and if not was it a function of where Langham Creek High School team was at the time? Um yeah so I actually didn't get to play the first half of my freshman season because the summer before. Um, with Legacy, I remember it was like our last tournament and we were playing some team and there's like a ground ball scrum and like I stepped on the ball and I like, I thought I just twisted my ankle cause that's what like the trainers at the tournament were saying. And, um, but I, during that time, like I actually, um, fractured my fibula a little bit. And so, and I never like let it really heal cause I also played like a full, uh, freshman football season on that foot and but I was like having a lot of pain there um 
that whole season. So after that, I went to the doctor to get it checked out, and he said it's been fractured for like four months. And so that first half of lacrosse, um, <laughs> my freshman year, I didn't get to play. But um, I did play a little bit like before for the preseason. So, so real quick, though, that, then that, I guess maybe that changes the question subtly, which was, so you missed, what, half the season, it sounds mm-hmm. like, right? So at that point, were, y'all, were you still like, hey, everybody's still developing, it's okay, I'll get caught up? Or were you like, oh, my God, this is high school lacrosse, I'm, I'm never going to get on the field? I feel like... <laughs> I feel like our we were pretty decent our, for our age. Our the incoming class was really good compared mm-hmm. to what the high school seen. So I feel like whenever we did get into high school, we were already kind of like the top one, if not like the top players of the team, because like they kind of went through Coach Dyer, which had taught them, and then he teaches a different style. And then once Coach Hunt came, it was kind of a more different style of play because of what he did through his college career. Uh, between like him and Coach Dyer's college career, or his, like the way he plays, so two different playing styles. And then I think for us, we had a huge jump with legacy, like having select teams, and that like eighth grade to freshman year, huge jump in our skill. Mm-hmm. That once we got to high school, we were like, I guess like people respected us. Like even the seniors didn't like look down on us because you know we were lacking skill. They like because some of us were better than the seniors. Yeah, it was definitely, it was a lot easier than the typical scenario for freshmen coming in for us just because it was like the first class that really had a lot more experience coming into high school since we were like before not a lot of the our players would be on select teams mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. we were doing before. So I feel like we were able to get our footing with high school a lot quicker um, when we came in. Every, every freshman who came in that year I believe had played select ball and I think there was a mutual respect between the seniors and the freshmen it was freshmen were bigger batter uh but at the same time it was us coming in saying we are good so you better watch out and uh yeah, because he did, that was he, how that worked he made it apparent that you know the freshmen are good step up your game or you know because it is playing time on the line and coach is going to put the best players in when it the time comes down to it so he he made it very clear but I mean I think like the kind of the chemistry our team had was it was you know our seniors we're still friends we still talk to the seniors whenever we were freshmen like now like you know now they're adults out of college we still talk to them like you know we're friends because even when we're practicing and everything like our skill level didn't really set us apart socially, I guess, because they weren't like kind of ostracizing us because we were good. They brought us in, and you know, I guess like because we, some of us, you know, we were better than a lot of the upperclassmen, but that wasn't because you know, you know. Well, I mean, I guess the, the way I'm like saying, trying to say is like it wasn't because we they didn't like go through the experience. It's just kind of like the different coaching styles and everything. And I think like overall. Um, I guess like the chemistry is a big thing because Langham, we all see each other every single day. We, all of us went to Langham. I think there was one guy that went to a different school. All yeah. of us see each other every day. We say hi to each other. We help each other out. Right. So it's kind of like, I think developing, it's a family, which I like love about, you know, joining teams and everything. It's like a family. Everybody knows each other. You know, everybody helps each other out. So it's like, it's super nice. So Blake, the, the difference here for you is, I mean, you played Ironman, right? Yeah. So you didn't play... 
with this group. Correct. Right. I mean, what, it was there? Was that an advantage, a disadvantage? Did it did it matter? And and not so much from a, I mean, you could touch on it. Not so much necessarily from a coaching and training perspective, right? But people put a lot of store in that that quote, quote chemistry, yeah. right? Um, you know, th- did that matter, or did you just overcome the quote chemistry with your just your ability, right? Well, because that's a valid question. So. I started a year before they came into the CFSA stuff, but I had always, I was looking for more opportunities to play. So I played CFSA through as actually as long as I could. And, uh, and so I had met these guys, the first organized practice they ever had. And, uh, at that point we, um, we weren't really friends at that point, but we started talking in the hall. We had something to bond over. And uh, so we all went to the same middle school. And when we get to high school, at that point, we were all super tight. And uh, and that was how chemistry worked for us. We were all... So, so you don't think having played for a different team, right? Or at a, maybe at a slightly different age or level too, it sounds like maybe, in prior... To high school, it doesn't sound like there was a huge impact. I mean, I guess that's maybe the question I'm trying to ask. No, I I believe that my on-field abilities were maximized with the track that I took. Yeah. But from a chemistry perspective, I don't think it really mattered at all. All right, all right Coop, here's a question for you. Oh, oh shit, i got to do that right. <laughs> not going to be able to hear me. Um, so it, there's an important difference that, that your experience, you have from your experience – with everybody else's, for the most part, I say everybody else's. I'm overgeneralizing, but the, the your different your experience and how it's different than most folks who play with public school based clubs is your coach was a teacher, right? And I've talked about this with with Donnelly and Platt and Cone, right? And and folks that have, well, maybe not Platt, but they they've got access to the players all, all all day long, right? Whether it's breakfast or lunch or open periods or whatever it is, right? So that that that's. That's a different experience. What was what was the, the the role or the importance of that? That Brendan was on campus to develop in that culture. I mean, y'all y'all made reference to a culture that was super early, like when you're a freshman. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and Blake, for you, right? You 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 know you're kind of coming so quote new on the scene, right? Because yeah. you've been playing Ironman. So what was the the role coop of Brendan, who who was a teacher and who was there on campus with you guys? Uh, well, it was really helpful because, um, well, coming into high school, we were just like, we are just freshmen. We didn't really know. We were kind of nervous about starting high school. And so it was good to have, like, a familiar face in the halls to, like, give us, let me know we could go to if we needed any guidance. Um, it was just really helpful to have him accessible throughout the day because, um, especially in the mornings because, like, we like to get there early. Just, I don't even know why, but we just like to get places early. So we go early to school kind of, and um, we were able to hang out in his room. And so that even, that strengthened like our relationship even more because we'd be in there every morning for like 30 to 45 minutes yeah. and um, just be talking, just screwing around. Yeah. Did that happen uh organically or was that something before the se- before the school year started did hunt say hey guys my room's going to be open right y'all come in yeah i think um we didn't originally know about it yeah. until i think one of the upperclassmen said something to us and said like 
um, you know, you can hang out in Hunt's room in the morning if you want. We're like, yeah. that sounds I remember a lot better than hanging out in the lunchroom waiting for school. Yeah. I remember yeah. getting a text on like the third day of school that was like, come to room. I think he was in 1610 at the time or something. Yeah. And, uh, and come hang out. And we did. And I didn't get to, uh, I only got two semesters of hanging out in Hunt's room before because I moved to morning swim practice. And that was one of the biggest things I missed about moving to morning practices was not being able to hang out and see a lot of the uh, the happenings in that room. It, it, so, some crazy things go on. It was it's super fun. Well, no, so this is, TJ, this is for you. The, the, the question is for you then, in, the, in this, these morning sessions that kind of sort of happened mm-hmm. organically, right? Like like you said, Coop, the how, how much of that was mm-hmm. was like lacrosse? Um, maybe like 10%, maybe five, <laughs> even five. Know. Like, cause in the mornings we'd maybe intro, like would say something in the morning. Coach Hunt would probably say something about our outfits. Cause we had some questionable outfits. <laughs> we'd be wearing some crazy things. And then, yeah. Um, so he, Coach Hunt at the time was a big shoe guy. He loved his shoes. He had all kinds of shoes. So he, at the time he would wear different shoes and we'd be like, wow, coach, you're like a sneaker head. So we kind of talk about shoes, and then we kind of like talked about other things. And um, I remember like we do like we just kind of just socialize. Like he was like a not even our coach. He was just you know one of the buddies we talked to. Um, I remember our senior year, he brought in lacrosse goals, like little box goals, into his room. And at the time, I had um, late arrival, so I can show up to school a little later. And I would just go to I would go to school on time, even though I can show up an hour later. But I would just go in early in the morning just so I could hang out with them or shoot on shoot on the goal and usually just our conversation just kind of stray everywhere it, there was yeah. no restrictions yeah. to our conversation so it'd be you know messing around with each other like making fun of each other or talking about what we saw on tv or the sports games that went on or recruiting deals and all of it just kind of just happened naturally because we're all you know friends yeah. and everything so coop that freshman year right and I love the fact that, that y'all are talking about the culture and how quickly, mm-hmm. right, it came together. Um, and we'll, we'll give Hunt credit that he was a, by design, <laughs> despite the fact I don't think it was. Um, that that freshman year for you, right, and the, and the culture that y'all were building, right, and, and, and the, the friendship, right, and the relationships y'all have, what was more important to you, right? The, the time in the morning that y'all spent together, did, was that more important culturally? Or was what was going on on the field just as or more important? Um, well, I think from a cultural expense, uh, perspective, I think those morning uh, meetings, we, not meetings, just hangout sessions yeah. we'd have, they're just, I think that's way more impactful because it just makes us all way closer as a team and that, uh, that translates to the field with building chemistry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I think that the, the field is obviously, I think in the... In the in his room was where we build chemistry, and then on the field is where we'd apply it. Yeah, perfect. That's, that's a good that point. A, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. I want to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blake, you had mentioned something that piqued my interest. Um, so, I mean, for those who don't know it, right, you, you swam competitively as well. Yes. Right? So you, you just hit on a great point, which was, you know, you switched your schedule around and you missed yeah, the yeah. morning, the morning in air quotes mm-hmm. meeting, right? Um, 
when that happened, did you know? Did you like feel the impact of that immediately? And say, man, that that sucks because that's a big deal. I mean, or did you? Or was it until not until later that you're like, man, I really missed out. That does suck. It, it's more of a looking back on it now, because it's one of those things you don't realize what you got until you don't have it anymore. And uh, so looking back on it, it's just kind of like, I really missed that. Uh, I got. I got out of swim the second semester of my senior year. And so I could go into that class whenever I wanted to. And uh, the just the stuff that goes on was really entertaining. Um, and it was, it was stuff that I wish I could have been uh, a part of for all four years. But at the same time, I had other stuff going on. So I yeah. had other priorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's... That's cool. I mean, it's super cool that, that y'all had that experience. And like I said, it's, it's, it's different, right? Mm. I mean, you know, you talk to my Magnolia boys or any other public school mm. organized team, man, there's not a chance in hell that they have that opportunity, right? They just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the time, and you, you, you hit on it, TJ, too, right? Most of the time, you know, especially in D2, these teams, they service multiple schools. Mm -hmm. Heck, the boys don't even talk, much less having a teacher, you know, mm -hmm. at the school, yeah. right, um, to help out. And, and to and to create that culture and, and to be able to reach out to y'all at lunch or before class mm. or, or whatever, right? Um, that's that's cool, right? That to me that's a that's a that's a private school experience, right? And I don't yeah, know what that means. For sure. I say private yeah, school experience, yeah. but you know, it's 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 the Donleys and the Cones of the world who are employees who are there full time or on faculty, and they're dragging their boys in, you know, at at lunch to sit and mm. talk with them, right? Yeah. And, and you guys are really lucky to have to have that experience. Oh yeah, for sure, right? Um, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I was joking earlier, Blake, but but I mean, do you think this was that Hunt was doing this intentionally? And if he was, was that a function of him being an educator that he knew to do that intentionally? Um, I don't necessarily think he did it intentionally, but I bet looking back on it now, he wouldn't have tried to do it any other way. Um, but I think it was a natural thing that just kind of worked out the way it did and uh probably because he was an educator but educator. yeah yeah um and when Coop says natural educator he really means it because he didn't just teach us lacrosse he taught us how to be better people and so that was uh that was just something that really helped out yeah so TJ do you think it was that that culture that developed right and maybe i'm overstating mm -hmm. but but it sounds like the those mornings were pretty important to it right yeah I've, did th that culture that is it more important that it that it developed organically right because you talk to coaches mm -hmm. a lot of coaches they'll tell you yeah you know they've got a formal leadership mm -hmm. right yeah plan and they've got curriculum and they, and they develop it with the boys and yada yada mm -hmm. right and i'm man i'm all into that don't mm -hmm. get me wrong yeah. right? but in y'all's case it was super organic and it mm -hmm. seems like it was probably just as powerful or, or as important Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, what was the role of that or that, that, so like, that organic growth? I think like the I guess like I think it's better that it like formed organically instead of him saying like, yeah, you know, come to my room in the mornings, you know, because we're here or, or, you know, come to my room in the mornings because we have stuff to do. So like I guess like just the fact that me and Cooper like came because we usually sometimes we'd be the only people in the room or sometimes like the room would just be quiet the entire time. It's not like it's a forced thing. Um, cause it's really just conversation with your friends. 
like uh, just hanging out with other people. I think that's what it was. And um, I mean, I don't think he meant it to be like a kind of like a team structure thing, but it's it's like fun. It's it's fun to hang out with the guys, you know, joke around, and that's that's what we did. And luckily, it you know helped us on the field by letting us know each other's like tendencies and kind of like knowing what kind of person he is and kind of like because sometimes like in the mornings one of us would be sick sometimes and they'd be in a you know bad mood in the morning or whatever or your head would be down because we're tired or something and it was kind of there to like pep us up like kind of like you know get out of your funk you know you still got you know all this stuff to do and like especially since he was a geometry teacher at uh I think it was was a junior after or our, sophomore year freshman year I think yeah he got, he got moved to geometry so he he did take calculus and everything so he would help us with math questions and that was super fun sometimes he'd have like a math puzzle and we'd all try to figure out because we're all kind of like we're all kind of like we love like messing around with like I guess intellectual messing things anything, yeah honestly. just like anything like a puzzle it's just it's just fun um so yeah I think definitely um it happening organically was a lot it would be a lot better than happen, having it be structured i guess cuz it's kind of like free flowing you don't have to be there if you don't want to some people don't want to go there because they're not morning people um or they have other things like other club meetings in the morning which is you know it's not required since it's organic it's like it's a lot more fun it's a lot more free flowing and it's like stress free it's just it's super fun so coop since this was pretty organic and and free flowing like tj said People came and went or didn't come at all, right? Were there were there other opportunities outside of practice that that Hunt provided or maybe developed organically where those folks who didn't weren't you know didn't weren't morning folks and didn't drink their coffee and didn't come to that early session mm -hmm. were there other opportunities for them? Um, yeah, definitely, because we'd have those same morning sessions right after school, uh, before practice. We'd right after class we'd go to Hunt's room, hang out for like 15, mm -hmm. 20 minutes. Um, and then we'd go out to practice. So there's definitely still an opportunity for um, everyone to go. And I don't think there was really anyone who wasn't Yeah, there. because they wanted to have a good time. Like, they knew stuff like f funny things and mm -hmm. fun we things happened. Entertaining people. Yeah. So come to Hunt's room. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's basically what it was. And he, like, he was in the hallway, so you would walk by and he'd give you a, a smart remark or mm -hmm. he'll make fun of you or you'll <laughs> make fun of him. It's just kind of, you know touch base and it, it was super fun so y'all y'all mentioned uh legacy right and I'm, I'm curious you know once you get into high school right you know things get a little more serious mm -hmm. i'm maybe overstating it a little bit but you understand what i'm saying mm -hmm. things get a little more serious and and you know there's a lot of discussion about multi-sport boys and boys who are focused on one sport and yada yada. And that's great. That's not really the point of my question. I'm rambling. Um, my, my question for you is, what was the, what was the importance of the off-season teams, right? Whether it's Legacy or any other teams in the off-season. You know, you hit high school and you're a freshman. Things get more serious. You get more focused, right? You're starting to participate in those off-season teams, right? What, what, was the, what was the role of that, of those off-season teams for you? Um, it was really... Well, what was mainly helpful about that is since, like, we we were with Legacy since before high school, we didn't really have an off-season because uh, we had a uh, uh, fall Legacy and then regular season with our uh, school club, and then we'd have summer Legacy. And so 
that just like we'd be constantly we our life was just always lacrosse and so i think that was super helpful to have the off season leagues because it would just always keep us busy with lacrosse we were always doing it we'd, we we always had a stick on our hand and it just made sure we weren't slacking off mainly and that's what i liked about it um there's also like during fall legacy too, we'd have fall fall ball for club two, so we'd have like an hour, like a like, uh, our conditioning and stick work practices for Langham after school, and then right after that we'd go to legacy, and so mm-hmm. I think just our commitment to that really helped shape our skills a lot better, uh, since we're always we're constantly involved with lacrosse. Yeah. So. Blake, for you, the off-season lacrosse. What was the? Did you did you participate in off-season lacrosse? And I guess maybe in this case specifically legacy. Um, did you did you do that because of you wanted to continue to play with your regular season teammates? Were you attracted to? Cause I, I, I can't remember when Hunt started with legacy. Were you atta- attracted to your your teammates? Were you attracted to Coach Hunt, or was maybe there a conscious decision in your brain to go find coaching? from another coach? Well, so actually, um, I wish I would have mentioned this earlier, but I, uh, my eighth grade coach was actually Coach Jason. Um, and so he had started up this legacy program because me and a few of the other guys on the Ironmen at that time had, uh, we wanted to get better. We wanted to play some of the best teams in the state. And, uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made that first summer was actually not playing Legacy. Like, I went to tryouts and everything, but I also uh, went to Third Coast tryouts, and they had tournaments up in uh, up in Pennsylvania. Third and so- Coast reference. That's yeah, solid. Nice yeah. job. <laughs> but uh, they, they had tournaments up in, like, Pennsylvania. We went out to the Denver shootout one uh, weekend and got the crap kicked out of us just about every week. And so, uh, the, so what, your, your third coast experience, right? So I, I know all the third yeah. coast guys, right? Yeah. My son played for them one summer when he was play, balancing them and, and the hurricanes one summer. I mean, was, was the third coast experience was, was, did that coaching even, it, it sounds like it was just a one season, right? Was, was that helpful to get a different coaching well, perspective? Or, well, or was, so I honestly don't remember who my coach was through that point because we got, four different coaches thrown at us throughout the course of the summer because they didn't really have stable uh, right. stable coaches at the yeah. time. And f- so that third coast experience for me, I think, was more of adapting to other styles of play. Um, one thing that I, and I take a lot of pride in is adapting to ways that people play. And that taught me how they play up north uh, – it taught me how they play out in Denver. Those are two hotbeds of the sport. And if I could go out there and learn and play some of the best competition out there, I wanted to do that. And that's ultimately what led me to choosing Third Coast that uh, that summer. But uh, that was really one of the bigger things for that. For, so for you me. ended up, I mean, after that, you, you, you mentioned that it almost sounded like you regretted not yeah. playing legacy. Yeah. So, right? Was that was that again? Was that because your teammates? 
Um, or Coach Hunt? Or, that, or what, was, that, what was, was the regret? That was more of a Jason thing. Um, and also with how he went about uh, scheduling tournaments for the next uh, few years. So that next summer with Legacy, we got to go out to Denver and had an absolute blast at a tournament out there. Um, and then most recently for our, one of our last Legacy tournaments, we were up in Delaware. And so that was one thing, but it was also getting coached by Jason who knew me. He was another uh, father figure that I had. He knew me. I still go visit him when I come back home. Like I spent three hours in his garage talking to him after one of the legacy practices I went out to a few weeks ago. And so that was, that was a big thing was getting to work with coach Jason more and, uh, also playing more competitively and growing with these guys. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the, you know, continuing to play with the boys that you developed the relationship with and that culture yeah. with was, was important. What was the role? Did TJ, did you play in the off season? And I, I can't remember, and I, I should know this and maybe I do. I just don't, whatever that means. Um, did you play just Legacy in the offseason, or were there any other teams that you played with in the offseason during high school? Uh, no, Legacy was the only other like club team I played besides Langham. Um, I think it was like, especially because Coach Jason, like like Blake said, he was a huge time like life, like once in a lifetime like person. He was like on the same level. Yeah, like Coach, us. like yeah. yeah, he helped yeah. us with everything. He helped He's us develop. He helped us get recruited. He was a big time help, uh, like helper in like the recruiting standpoint. Um, yeah, like since he um, he had a son that was in cross country, and he kind of like talked us through like his recruiting standpoint and how it's a little different for lacrosse, but in the same way he helped us since he had experience. And then since he played at Rutgers, he knows like like kind of schools up there, and he knows other coaches. So it's like a networking deal, and I think just like. Having him as a coach, it was so much fun to play with him because he wasn't a coach that'd get mad at you. He rarely gets mad. Um, and he's not a coach that yells at you. He lets you do your own thing. Just make sure if you're going to do it, do 100%. Um, he was also a big advocate for not losing your head. Like, oh, yeah. we lost pl- we've lost plenty of games because, you know, emotions get the better of us. And he always, like, told us, keep it six inches between, yeah, six your, inches. Yep, between your two temples. Um so, yeah, I think he was definitely a big, uh, you know, like Blake said, kind of like a father figure in lacrosse that helped us develop. And definitely I came back to Legacy every single season they had because of, uh, because of Jason. I remember one season I wasn't going to come back because I was going to spend that summer going to recruiting camps and everything. And just, you know, instead of doing a Legacy, just spend the money I could on Legacy on recruiting camps. But... I mean, like, I kind of felt bad because I felt like Coach Jason helped me so much. I need to, I need to go play. I have to, you know, because, you know, we were, we were big, you know, players on the team that, you know, had a big position. Right. So I felt like, yeah, we have to go, you know, we, Coach Jason needs us to play and, we, you know, we're going to go play for him because, you know, we also love and enjoy, he, even like the atmosphere he provided, it was just so much fun that definitely wouldn't change it for the world. So, um... I did not uh, solely play for Legacy. So my summer before high school was the Third Coast summer. That next summer, I played only Legacy. 
And then I got an amazing opportunity to uh, play on a team that was coached by two Division three coaches. Um, it's called Shred Thread. And uh, that was one of the most enjoyable experiences of my of my life, even though we weren't the greatest team, because I got to go out to the East Coast uh, very consistently and play lots of tournaments against lots of very good teams. And uh, so that was just another thing I did. I also played a tournament with Dallas Select the summer before my senior year. That was a really cool uh, experience. And what was the what was the value for you in, you know, I mean, did you, so I'm a big proponent of my boys going. I'm, I always tell them, go play for somebody else in the off season. You know, yeah. learn something cool and come back and then share it with me so I know it. Um, I mean, what, did you find value in getting those different coaching perspectives? Yes. Yeah, so, um, a lot of the perspectives I had were because in summer ball, it's a lot about being recruited. It's how can you look the best while making everyone around you look the best? And that was uh, one thing that was really interesting to see was um, it was a, it's a lot of one-on-ones and stuff like that. And you're getting to see the point where, okay, the one-on-one has happened. I've drawn a slide. Now where are my next options? And that was one thing that was really interesting about working with coaches that coach at the uh, Division three level. I got to see where a lot of the looks would be, and it's stuff that I probably would not have learned because they they play a different style of yeah. lacrosse up there. And so... So there was value in that. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was value in the different perspectives. Yeah. yeah awesome. Um, all right, Coop, now we're going to start talking about college recruiting and how, how the hell it worked. Um, so at what point did, at what point in high school at Langham Creek did you know, hey, man, I think I want to do something, I want to do this at the next level, right? Was Did you make that decision early, late? When, when did you make that decision? Um, I guess, I, I don't think there was really a set point when I really made the decision I wanted to play in college. It's just something I was like, Early on, I was like, if I have the opportunity to do it, that'd be cool. Um, and then as the opportunity was, like, opportunities were presented to me, um, I was just like, I, that's something I want to do. And so, as for recruiting, like, it mainly just happened as, like, I went to a few uh, recruiting camps at, like, T99. And um, when was it? Did we go to, we went to Blue Chip? Uh, Blue Chip was... Summer of junior year. Two summers ago, yeah. Yeah, two, two summers ago, we, uh, me, uh, all of us, we went to uh, Blue Chip, and we're just getting a lot of exposure, basically, um, getting our names out there, and uh, so that, like, college coaches could, like, um, just come up. Uh, uh, e- they would either, we could go talk to them, or they'd email us and reach out to us. Um, and so once I started, like, t- really talking to, like, those college coaches at the recruiting events is when I... Um, realized that uh, playing college lacrosse is something uh, I could do and something I wanted to do. So did you did you find yourself at that point once you once you made had that realization? I think I got the answer maybe in, when you first started talking, which was 
if you had the opportunity, that would be great, right? So had you narrowed down the schools that were, you were interested in and then reached out to the coaches or did you wait for the coaches to, to, to contact you from schools? What was the, what was the, the order there? Had, had you, had you, had you landed on Southwestern and you were, you were just, you reached out to the coach and said, Hey, here's, here's my film. Here's what I want to do. How, how did that work? Um, well, I remember, I think it was, um, coach Jason, uh, sent me like a list of some colleges that have like had contacted him and that, uh, uh, had shown some interest. And so they kind of like reached out to, um, to Jason to get through me, get to me. And so, um, I like would look up those schools and see like what they were about and see which ones would be best fit. Um, and then also there's some colleges that would just, um, that would email me directly, um, straight off the bat and, um, just talk to me and we'd have some phone calls and stuff, um, to just get a sense of like what the coaches were about and what the team was like. And they're just there to answer any questions you had really. Um, and so I was just, it was kind of just a mixture of both. Like at recruiting events, obviously I'd be going out and like talking to the coaches myself. Like I wouldn't just, cause they're not just going to come up to you. Mm-hmm. You got to actively try and uh, talk to them and uh, get their attention. Um, so I think initially doing that at those uh, first recruiting events, like going out and talking to coaches at the events, that led to coaches emailing me. And so it was kind of a mixture of like both them reaching out and me reaching out to them. How did um, So now you've got coaches that you've introduced yourself to, right? They're contacting you. I, I know you're getting cold calls, right? <clears throat> I mean, how, how did you... How did you go about the process of sifting through all that, right? Did you, did you, you know, talk to the coaches and, 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 and evaluate lacrosse first? Did you look at the schools first? Did you eliminate schools based on, you know, whatever your criteria were? How, how did you sift through all that information? Um, well, first, I think um, the school itself is a big thing to consider. That's, like, the first thing I considered because that's – like where you're going to be spending your next four years and it's really important you're at a place I like you like like for me I preferred like a smaller school because mainly because um that means smaller class sizes and that means like you're gonna be more engaged in like conversation in your classes rather than just getting lectured at um so that was like a big thing that was important to me is making sure the school was the kind of school that was the right fit for me educationally um and then once I uh filtered that I um considered like the level I wanted to play at because um for me I wanted to make sure I was still getting a good education while getting a like being at a good athletic school too and so I wasn't really looking at like d2 level or d1 at all because I that when you do that it's a lot of um you're focusing on that sport um, whereas at like D3 and below, it's your school is just as important. Um, I think that's, uh, that was really important for me in deciding to. So I was mainly looking at a small school and, uh, a D3 and below level. So I think it's really important that you like look at the kind of school you want to be at and what you see yourself in. And then 
assess what level you want to play at too. Did you? Were there any other criteria? Did you did you want to stay in Texas? Did you want to stay where it was warm? Did you know what you were going to major in? Right? Did you, did any of those play into it as well? Um, I knew I wanted to major in business, so I'd always make sure um, they had a, a good business program at the school. Um, and then I didn't really have a like location locational preference at the time. But I'm definitely really glad that I stayed in Texas now. And if I were to, like, go back, I'd definitely, be, like, be focusing on, like, Texas schools because that's just – I don't – I want to be able to be far enough from home to have my own college experience. But it's nice to be able to go back and visit whenever you want. So with Southwestern, we're only two and a half hours away, so it's, like, a super doable commute. And – um I'm really glad that I'm still in Texas. I feel like since you and I are sharing a microphone, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blake, for you, right, you, you, you discussed, you know, where, where Coop right, and TJ, again, not to beat a dead horse, right, but they had Legacy and Langham Creek, right? You had a couple other teams in there, yeah. at least a little bit, right? Yeah. Did you find that you had recruiting opportunities because of all those teams and now you're dealing with multiple contacts and conduits and, you know, people wanting to take credit and jump around and, you know, how, how did that play out? So I was really passive in my uh, recruiting experience. I just kind of uh, let a lot of emails come to me and from there I decided uh, I decided what I wanted to do. And so playing the uh, playing on the travel teams that I decided to play on was not or was where I got my exposure. Like showcases in Texas, you're not getting a whole lot of uh, schools out there. You'll get your Southwesterns, your University of Dallas is out pretty consistently, but that's two of like six hundred schools that I could have possibly gone to, and so a good chunk of what I was trying to do was just get in front of as many people as I could. And if they wanted me, let them reach out to me. And that's not necessarily the best way to do it. I wouldn't do it that way again. I was going to say, would, yeah. you, would you do it? What, so you wouldn't do it again. You answered no, me. You read I'd, my mind, literally, Blake. It's awesome. Yeah. But So what would you do differently? I would have been a lot more proactive. So one example that I use is... I uh, I wanted to do engineering or some sort of exercise science. And so that was the first thing I would look at with any school. And then a lot of the Division One schools was automatically going to be, you have to reach out just to get them to see you. And uh, that's what I did or that's what I wish I had done more was reaching out to more division one schools uh, and trying to learn more uh, about them, trying to get them to see me. And uh, that was back when I didn't know what level I wanted to play at. I was, I quite honestly wanted to play at the highest level that I could have and uh, still 
do engineering or kines stuff like that. So. When when did you realize you would have done it differently? Was it after the fact in retrospect, or um, were, were you in your senior year going, man, I really wish I had done that I a was, differently? I was probably towards the end of my uh, journey, so probably probably the middle of that summer of junior year when it, when recruiting stuff was coming to a close, I was like dang, I wish that I would have contacted more of these schools just to learn more about them. Like, I'm not necessarily saying that would have changed my decision because I, quite honestly, I absolutely love where I'm at now. And uh, it's just, it would have given me a few more options to pick out of. And uh, that would have been very interesting to see what would have happened had I reached out to more uh, schools. I mean, like you said, you know, chances are probably pretty high. It wouldn't have changed the outcome, right? Yeah. But it's but it's interesting that you at least see, hey, I could have handled this differently, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So it's and I had three schools that I was considering in the end, and two of them actually reached out to me within about a month of each other from seeing me at tournaments, and. That that was uh, interesting because that was how I decided what visits I was going to go on. I actually was just going to go on a visit to one of them, and it happened to be an hour away from the other one. And so I just kind of randomly said, let's try both of them. And the one that I wouldn't have tried had I not gone to the first one actually ended up being one of my top two choices at the end of the day. And uh, so that was interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. It's interesting that you're that you're that reflective, so so quickly, right? Yeah. And that you could that you see there there was you know something you would have done or could have done differently, right? So, you know, same question to to you, TJ, right? Tell tell us a little bit about you know your mm. recruiting experience, and maybe sorry, start even before that, mm. right? When did you decide? So right? so it's always yeah. interesting to hear people say, I, "Shoot, I could tell you, uh, uh, Ty, who played, who was my LSM." Yeah. Last year, I, I, I think he seemed like felt like he decided after graduation, frankly, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, he was so late to the game, right? So kind of when did you make that decision and then how did you go about that mm-hmm. recruiting? So I'm kind of like in Cooper's boat how as I think it's freshman year is when I kind of like, I guess, like the realization I'm like, yeah, I mean, if I, you know, go to college and, you know, I play lacrosse and I mean, so be it, you know, I really don't care at the moment. But, like, looking back on it, I wish I did because I had to cram four years of recruiting into one, my junior uh, spring season and my junior summer season. So, um, I guess when I first started, like, developing my junior year, I'm like, all right, I want to play at the highest level. And I guess I, I could say I had, the like, the D1 bug. Like, I wanted to go D1. So, whenever I would look up schools, I only D1. If anybody else would contact me, I'd like just turn my back on them. Um, Did that come back to bite you at some point? Um, I guess. I guess. I get. Uh, I don't really think it did. Maybe like kind of prolonged, like kind of like stress wise, because <laughs> like I t- I've talked to like um, I went when I went to visit these schools and uh, these schools I was interested in and. Uh, a big part in that was Coach Jason and Coach Hunt reaching out to these schools. So, like, Jacksonville reached out to Coach uh, Hunt, and 
you know, I did some research. I, it wasn't the fit for me. So I kind of like just turned my back completely on that. But the coaches there, they would call me and they, you know, super helpful and everything. And, um, but it was just, wasn't the fit for me. And then I was going up to a Wagner college, uh, prospect camp and they, I think they emailed coach Jason and coach hunt about me because, uh, I did post a highlight film and, um, I would send it to as many schools as I possibly can. And, um, I was, I ended up going to a Wagner college, which is a division one school in Staten Island prospect camp but I didn't want to like waste the trip on not exposing myself to more colleges. So I set visits with other schools I was talking to, like Binghamton, Mount St. Mary's, Hofstra. Um, so when I went up there, I loved Binghamton. You know, great. They had like underground tunnels in their campus to get the class, which I thought was the coolest thing. So like I, like, I would check if they had a business program because that's what I want to pursue. But I kind of like, eh, you know, it's, you know since it's a D Division one school, it's going to be athletics first. And then your, you know, education. So when I would have been to, uh, when I went to these schools, I would talk to the coaches. I had dinner with the uh, the coach at uh, Mount St. Mary's, super nice guy. And like, I really like, I was really set on like wanting to go D1 because these schools, you know, awesome facilities and everything. And so then when I went to my Wagner camp, I toured the school, played the prospect camp. Coach was super nice. And then I ended up committing to Wagner College first. Um, and so then as like, I went on, I was kind of like, just like, you know, I was, I was committed I, I felt, you know, I, you know, it's prideful, you know, you there commit, you you're like, you know, I, I finally did it and I did what I wanted to do. God wanted to go D1. So I did, but like, I guess like kind of when you go up there, you're like super excited that you're there and it's not really, you have to think about it long-term. Like Cooper said, you know, you're going to go here for the next four years. Is it for you? And I kind of like, I kind of like my stomach would hurt thinking about it. Like I'm gonna have to go here for the next four years. Not saying it's a bad school. It's just kind of thinking like, I'm going to be far from home. If I wanted to come home, I couldn't because it's going to be a plane ticket. So just thinking about it and kind of made my stomach hurt. So then I remember since I would always turn away these like D2 and D3 schools, I was sitting on my couch at home and I know all my friends were talking to Southwestern and I know all of them were going to, you know, think about going to Southwestern. I'm like, no, I want to. I want to prove that like a kid from D2, you know, public school, what could go D1, you know, without having all these, you know, opulent camps and everything that these woodlands and like these D1 places get. So I wanted to like be able to prove, I guess like prove to myself that I could like do that. But um, I, I watched a video on YouTube of Southwestern Lacrosse, which I've always tried to avoid because I didn't want to fall in love with. Southwestern because I'm like no I want to I want to stay on my path I want right. you know my own road, but uh, the video I watched our coach doesn't really like it because it kind of paints like a aggressive picture on Southwestern but that like it got taken down yeah it got taken I, down I, but I, I do yeah like but because of that video that I watched of Southwestern I'm like oh crap I, I I like Southwestern and so then I went on a visit and I was like I'm 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 committed and I go on these visits so like. I'm trying not to let things get to me. I'm trying to think like, you know, I, you know, I still want to go to Wagner because, you know, they, all this awesome stuff. But then I just fell in love with the school. I fell off how close. It, yeah, I mean, I want to stay in the greatest state in the, in the country. I want to stay in Texas. Can't, can't blame you for that, right? So, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> so I, want, I wanted to, I want to stay in Texas. Like, I didn't want to tell myself that because I wanted, you know, I still wanted to go. So, you know, I talked to the coaches, super nice people. 
I went to the facility, super nice, just like D1 facilities. I'm like, all right, I want to go to Southwestern. So, I mean, it was a lot of stress, especially in like a two-month span between like, I guess, like the ending of summer. Those last two months of summer, I'm like, okay, I need to make up my mind because I remember beginning of that summer is when I made my list of schools I want to contact, and I sent it to Coach Jason to send to coaches and send my film saying, you know, because it's better if you talk to your coaches about because these coaches at these other schools, these universities, will talk to your coach. But some of them, like I think with our rule change, they weren't yeah, allowed to talk to, talk to us. us so yeah, yeah. so we had to tell our coach, and I think that was the best way. Like I, I was one of my lists was Penn State, and I know it was like an outreach, but I mean, like I just wanted to get as many letters and my yeah, film yeah. out there as much as possible. And they reached back, but they didn't reach back to me. They reached back to Coach Jason. And they're like, you know, we're super interested in him, but unfortunately, our recruiting class is full. And I'm like, it's the beginning of my junior year. These guys, these Division One schools, right. have their rosters so filled. Weird. I'm it's like, many of them had yeah. had the opportunity to re- to recruit 2019s mm-hmm. before the rules had changed. Yeah, and it was right in the middle of our uh, of our recruiting time that they yeah. changed that. And so, so all these big schools have their rushers full set and kind of screwed us over are, here we are texas late bloomers yeah saying, and we want to we go to these schools and they're already full yeah and i think it's like also you can find guys with similar talent to us in the you know east coast because they played it all their lives why go all the way to texas to look for talent if you can just stay there so the you know the camps here they're you know they're nice for um getting exposure but we went to blue chip you know but before blue chip i sent out emails like that's when i gave that list to jason i got as many coaches as i possibly can i got the name i got the head coach i got the assistant coach i got the assistants like assistant coach i try to get as many like just just so i can get my name out there so when whenever i get there they're like okay i know this guy's interested in me maybe i'll go look at him maybe at the time, I'll do something nice, and you know they get like interested. So I feel like looking back on it, I wish I would have started my sophomore or end of freshman year, because little you know the way the rules changed, and then like just kind of being a late bloomer, and then um, not being able to talk to these big schools because their rosters are already full. Like I, I wish I would have talked to some of these other schools because like. You know, I mean, it's like an opportunity, but I'm happy where I'm at. Like Blake said, you know, I'm super happy, super stoked that I'm going to Southwestern. But like, I guess like kind of like, I guess saves the stress that I have to look back and like, you know, I need to find, because this is the school I want to go to. This is the college I'm looking for to go to. So I'm like, it's near, it's like junior year. It's like senior, senior year. No one really like post, you know, senior year highlight film because nobody, nobody cares. You know, you're already recruited and nobody... So I'm like, you know, I need to get my junior year. It's, you know, almost the end of summer, and I need to find a concrete answer. So it was like between like Wagner, which I was already committed to, and then um, Southwestern, and then I think Mount St. Mary's. And I'm just like kind of, I'm like super conflicted within myself. I'm like, my, my, I pushed it off as much as I could because my stomach would hurt thinking about it. So eventually. <laughs> Kick the can. Yeah, I'm like, I. Coach Bowman talked to me. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I really want to go, but I have to deal with, you know, Wagner College. I don't want, you know, they gave me a you know, great offer and everything. I want, you know, I don't want to disrespect them or anything. So 
writing that email to their assistant coach, Coach D. Clemente, was one of the hardest things I had to do was like decommitting and especially like after like the bond because whenever I went up there, I was the only Texas guy. I was the only guy, you know, east of, you know, the East Coast. So like he was really prime on me going to that school and he spent 100% of the time with me and my mom and like walking around, getting a tour, like a personalized tour of the school. I just like felt so bad, but I knew like deep down, like this was the right choice and I would not change any of it. That's tough. Yeah. No, it's a cool experience to recount and talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's good. So Coop, the, what's interesting that, that, that all of y'all have talked about in this recruiting process was, you know, Jason and, and Brendan, you know, so often, right. The, the, these two coaches, right, your, your travel mm-hmm. coach, your off-season coach, and your, and your regular season coach, they may not have a, re, you know, a relationship yeah. or help. They may have, you know, competing interests, mm-hmm. right? But in y'all's case, right, you had Jason and Brendan who, you know, were friends. Mm-hmm. Y'all had a relationship with Jason. They had a relationship together, and the two of them were coaching in the off-season. They, well, heck, they coached together yeah. at, at Langham Creek as well, right, mm-hmm. briefly. But then they coached in the off-season together, right? So, you know, how did that – the, the relationship with those two, between those two, I mean, how did that benefit you, right? Were they were they working with each other, right? Were they talking and communicating and helping each other out for, for you specifically? Um, well, specifically on what, like, how if they communicated together, um, I don't really know. Um, I'd usually just talk to them individually about recruiting. Um, and so... Um, it was more from my perspective. I, I don't know if they, they may have, but I don't, I just don't know. Um, I would just, it was just like having just two people who had two like different sources of connections, um, to get my name out there on a wider scale, mm-hmm. really. So, I mean, from your perspective, right, as a, as a player, it's not like you were approaching and talking to them both at the same time and, and they were helping you or organize or coordinate this. You were using them as, as, as two separate yeah. two separate resources, two separate conduits. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, like I said, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they um, I'm sure they did talk about mm-hmm. I know each and every one of Coach. us and like what schools were interested in mm-hmm. us. Um, I, I just haven't heard mm-hmm. I know Coach about it. Jason talked to Bowman a lot. I I thought I heard they got a pretty good relationship, and even with other, like uh, Binghamton, I talked to at one point. Um, coach Hunt, he, I think it was his assistant coach yeah. whenever he was at, uh, whenever he was at Michigan, is one of their assistant coaches. Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. My, oh my bad. Yeah, no, yeah, you might kill me for that. Michigan State. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he was buddies with them, so that's how I got my name over there, and I feel like just like. Cause what's it called? Um, Coach Hunt has like a his own kind of networking, yeah, yeah. and then Coach Jason has another networking because he played in college and he knows all these coaches and he travels and yeah, he's just a great resource. Um, so I kind of did the same thing as Coop with the kind of treating them as different pools to draw from. So like. I talked to Jason about these schools. I talked to Hunt about these schools, and then I even had those other two coaches that I played with for Shred Thread that they were talking to schools for me, and so that was that was um, 
I think helpful, at least having two distinct groups super far from each other. Cause I could talk to my two close guys about schools that I was more interested in. And my two coaches uh, out East could give me schools that they thought I might be interested in. And I could make decisions from then from there and discuss those even with Hunt and Jason. This tiny little room wasn't made for four people. It's so hot, it's so hot in here. If I turn the AC on, my wife will kill me. Um, so, yeah, we've been at this an hour and a half. It's crazy how fast this yeah. goes by, right? So let's let's talk about your your fall semester at Southwestern. I'll start with you, Coop. You know, tell me about when leading into the fall semester, right? When did you get engaged with the team? You know, was it before you even got up there? They had already kind of opened their arms and were pulling you in and, and, and kind of helped you with an on-ramp onto campus. And then maybe talk about, man, those first few weeks or, or month where you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm in college and wow, college is harder than high school. And oh, by the way, I've got this athletic thing over here that freaking feels like a full-time job, right? So let's talk about that as well. Um, so as far as getting connected with the team, me and TJ went up on a overnight visit um, together before we both committed. And so um, during that, uh, we were getting toured around the campus by a lot of the guys on the team. And they we were also staying the night with them and like uh, hanging out with them uh, after all of our like official visit activities were done. And so we got to get a good sense of like what the team was like at that point, um, and then, did, real quick, did, I hate doing this, <laughs> swinging back and forth, did, was your experience after that overnight, in the, and those boys that you met, I'm sure you had, you know, a boy or two boys or whatever, kind of assigned to you, right, mm -hmm. after, after, after you left campus, I mean, did they keep in touch with you, did the other boys keep in touch with you, did they, did they suck you into kind of that, 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 that team thing right then, immediately? Um, I, well, I remember, um, Nick Doxy from, yeah. he's from Atascacita, so he knows like the all the Cypress teams and stuff. So he, uh, when he uh, heard that we were from Langham, I know um, he would talk to us a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know we saw him at a, um, it was like a seven on seven tournament. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That was in Houston. And he was like playing on their Atascacita team for that. And so, um, and we, uh, he asked TJ if he was, uh, if he, they were at the... He would always text me, asking me if I've been, like, if I, have you decommitted yet? Like, yeah. Come on, you know you want to come here constantly, and I'm like, ah, oh, oh, Classic docs. Uh, but, um, classic docs. Yeah, he would always reach out, and then, um, just, I, I think that's It's like a family. Yeah. That's what, that was the main thing about recruiting, is you want to feel like you belong there. And that's the thing, like, whenever we went on our visit... Like, they included us. We didn't feel like we were recruits. We felt like we'd been there before. Yeah. Know? We're, we've, like, we're all, like, buddies. We're, like, best friends there. It felt like a family. It felt really close, and nothing was, like, nothing, like, felt bad about going there. Mm -hmm. So what the, going back to the idea of your, your, your first semester, right, and, and, you know, I, I've heard y'all a couple times talk about, you know, D1, D2, D3. Yeah. I even know at the D3 level, right, it feels like a full-time job on occasion that first semester, yeah. right? You know, Absolutely. there's no getting around that. So maybe talk a little bit about 
that schedule, your schedule, how you're keeping all the, the balls in the air, right? Um, and and what, what's the team doing, right, to, to make you successful both academically and, and on the field? Um, so, well, like, how my schedule is, um, when we first got there, we're, uh, we had, like, a week of when it was, like, just class. And then after that, um, we added, like, uh, going to lifts into the mix um, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then after a few weeks of that, we added um, doing these uh, unofficial, like, captain's practices where the captains would host, uh, would uh, run the practices and stuff. Um, and as far as schoolwork, um, I never had any trouble with uh, staying on top of it during any of that time. Uh, once we started getting into fall ball, it got a, the staying on top of my schoolwork was a little more difficult. Um, but as long as you like manage your time well, it's like not an issue at all. Like I never was falling behind uh, any during any of that. Um, and one thing that's really helpful that Coach Bowman does is um, every player he meets with every player every other week to talk about how you're doing in class. And to make sure you're staying on top of things and see if you need any help anywhere. And I think that's super helpful because it just, it's, it, you have uh, someone watching out for you there. What, um, what's the level of integration between Coach Bowman and your, your, your professors, your instructors, right? Is, is he reaching out to them and talking to them and, and that his relationship with the faculty is, is part of that discussion with you every other week? Um, I don't know how close he is per se with um, prof uh, most of the professors but um, I know like a lot of the professors enjoy like, the like, lacrosse team a lot um, with their experiences with um, other guys in the class and so they know um, a lot about uh, the lacrosse team and like them a lot and so um, like recently we've had a grade check so he can't, that's kind of how he stays on top of them um, everyone had to do a grade check um, but that was like mainly for you to get a sense of um, where, how, what your standing was in the class. Um, for me, uh, he definitely has probably has more of a relationship with my professors cause I'm a Kines major and he teaches a class in the Kines department. And so I know for a fact that he has a great relationship with my anatomy professor because up until this year, my anatomy professor's office was right next to his. And so, uh, so, yeah, that was... Uh, it also helps yeah. that Coach Bowman went to Southwestern and yeah. played at Southwestern. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, my, yeah, I didn't know that. My so, stats professor was teaching stats when he was at school. Yep. Oh, wow. So, yeah. he knows, so your stats professor is like 400 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely helps. Because then like, it's like a sense of like relationship that your coach knows what you're going through, so he's going to help you. Yeah. Make, he's yeah. going to make it easier for you. Yeah. Blake, how are you? Is, is, is there anything you're doing right now to balance the two? Right? I mean, I, cause I know, I, I, well, I say that. I think y'all's fall is probably wrapped up, right? You had your scrimmages. Yeah. Wrapped yeah up, we're... Right? But, but leading up to that scrimmage, right, that was a good taste of, of, of what your schedule is going to be like. Yeah. Right? How, how did um, you manage class and, and, and that schedule? Well, so my classes never uh, conflicted with practice at all. So that. That kind of helped it. Um, I kind of shifted my schedule back a little bit as we practiced. So we'd get out of practice around 7 o'clock and go eat dinner. 
And then after dinner was when I would sit down and say, okay, I have to get this, 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 and this done. And of course out or when we don't have that fall ball stuff, it's a lot of free time. Like I don't know what to do with myself so anymore boring. on Tuesdays and Thursdays because, so because I don't have a lab or anything and we don't have practice. And so, uh, I just it's don't sad, know what to do. Sad state of affairs. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, what was the what was Coach Bowman's role even in even in your freshman year that that fall semester? Did Coach Bowman and the coaching staff tell you, hey, these are the bands of times when we're going to be practicing in the fall, or was the fall pretty loosey goosey? How, how how did they structure your classes for the fall? So um, everything that he scheduled this fall was around us. So we don't get, we even now don't really get priority with class scheduling. They just took priority away from us, uh, for the spring semester, but we schedule our classes at the beginning of the semester and he looks at it from there and makes the schedule from that point. So we, our worst days were Monday, Wednesday, Friday in terms of classes and so Monday and Wednesday, we didn't have practice at all. And then Friday was just kind of a uh, accept that many people are going to be coming and going because they have to get to class. But uh, but everything he did or everything we did during the fall was his judgment on our classes. Gotcha. Rather than the other way around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think? Is it going to be that way in the spring? Or has he already told you guys, hey, in the spring, right, it's a little well, different, yet even a little more different. Here's the band of time that you've got to avoid. So, like I just said, we lost uh, priority for class scheduling. You say we, is it? Uh, so, athletes in general. Athletes. So, now instead of athletes going before everyone in the school, we just go before our class. So, freshman athletes in the spring are still going – after all sophomores, all juniors, and all seniors. And so we're kind of picking up scraps. And I think – and that was one thing he notified us of in our team meeting last week. And uh, so I assume that he's going to schedule around what we do. But one thing they've talked about is they do a lot of uh, practices at 7 o'clock at night, go till 10, and then – you got to get up the next day for right. everything. But uh, for the most part, I think he schedules around us. Yeah, that's interesting. TJ, what's been the biggest, uh, the biggest challenge so far? Um, the biggest challenge, I think it's just kind of like keeping up with the stamina because we come from a high school lacrosse team that we played a little slower pace Whenever we get the ball, yeah. we'd bring it in, we'd stop, wait for everybody to get set, and then we go at it. With this, it's like, it like even our practices, he told us that we like to play fast. We have sets that are nonstop. It's just constant running. And I think like that, it's, there's a learning curve to it. So like with the fresh, he knows that. And he's like, he's proud of us for being able to learn these sets so quickly. Um, so I think being able to, I guess like the stamina in, I guess, it, yeah, even in practice and even out of class or even out of practice. So like 
balancing your your classes is super important because since our practice schedule is scheduled around our classes that but that doesn't mean that he schedules time for you to do homework so you have to find out you know through all that because these like practices or some of these like lifts are recommended but they're really required because like we, you know everybody wants to get better yeah, and everything they, they know who goes yeah, yeah so they, for they sure. yeah they definitely get mad whenever people don't show for silly reasons so i think it's just balancing everything knowing your schedule is super important and double checking like everything so uh, for Fridays, I have a Spanish class at three o'clock and or three thirty, and our practice on Friday starts at three thirty. My class is at four twenty, and our practice maybe ends five five thirty six. So I have to right. I bring my my bag, my gear bag to Spanish, and then right after I'm going straight to the fields. So it's kind of like you have to make some sacrifices and knowing like what's more important, like priority wise. So knowing if okay, you have what's it called, 40 pages of reading for this class, you have to schedule it throughout the day. And if you don't, you're going to get caught up and you're not going to do it. And I'm currently, like me and Cooper, we're roommates, so we keep each other accountable for our things. And we take a lot of similar cl- uh, similar classes. So we're both in calculus together. So right after practice, we are both on our laptops doing calculus, helping each other out, yeah. um, making sure we get our work done. So I think it's just kind of like, the difficult part is just balancing everything, and especially since you, ha- everybody has a social life, and the coaches know that, but they also know that this stuff they're teaching us is important, and we're going to be putting it in. In the, yeah. in the spring, it's going to be five times faster. They're not going to have time for you to you know, slack off. They're not going to have time for you to not know these sets because we get binders when everything is in it. You can come to Coach Bowman or Coach Marco at any time of the day, uh, for questions, or you can ask other people, your teammates. We're there. We're all there for each other. So there's like no room for, you know, slack because everything everything runs off each other. So if one person's slacking, it, everybody it just kills like sure. I guess like the vibe on it. So we all want to make sure we're holding each other accountable. I think that's like the, it's like we it's it's there, but it's very difficult to sustain. You know, act, like um, what's it called? Like I guess like. I don't know how to say it, but it's just it's hard to sustain because everybody has you know their own things and yeah, just yeah. making sure everybody's on the same page. All right, you're leaving at this for an hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> it's crazy how quickly these things yeah. go by. Mm-hmm. Um, any any parting words, right? So I mean, I realize you've just you finished the, your your first semester, your freshman year, right? Mm-hmm. But y'all have already learned stuff, oh, absolutely. right? And and you you've already learned stuff that I bet you could impart, you know. To boys who are coming up behind you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would, if you had a parting word? What would it be, Coop? Um, for any of y'all who are like gonna about to take the next step into going into college and playing lacrosse, I just like I'd say, make sure you don't go into like a slacking mentality. Like some like personally for me, I um I was able to kind of just drift through high school pretty easily and not try too hard. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't let that mentality follow me into college cause I knew it was going to be a step up. I, I didn't let that follow me. And so, um, and that's why I'm not really struggling in college at all. Um, I know some people who have been doing that and I just, it just, uh, I don't know. They're just, it, it, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. They're not to be trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, as far as lacrosse, if there's anything that's 
quote unquote optional for you to go to. Go to. Take you it go as to it. Take you it as go required. To it. You're, it's not optional. You're tr- you're you want to get better. You want to show them that you're taking this seriously. So just make sure you're getting as much out of it as you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because what's it called in college? You have traveling rosters, which yeah. was never you know we never knew about in high school. So travel rosters, you know, is what you travel with. You know, some guys won't be able to go if you're not, you know, on your things, if you're not, your grades aren't there, if, you know, your attendance isn't there or, you know, you're slacking off or, you know, messing around at practice or even just like, you know, it, it's the, you know, it's the truth that if you're not at the level everybody else is on, you're going to get left behind unless you put that work in. It's, it's like, it sucks, but it's college lacrosse. We're here to win. So I think, like, if you're, like, a younger player out there that, I mean, especially, I guess, recruiting-wise, is start as soon as you can, get your name out there as much as possible, and keep your options open. Um, Don't close doors because doors are harder to open when they're closed. So, um, you know, keep your options high. Know what you want going into school. Um, Don't go out with a blind eye, you know, know whenever you email colleges or whatever, make sure you know about the school. Don't just say, you know, I'm interested in your school, you know, show some interest, do some research because, you know, coaches like to know that you actually care and it's not just like a a form letter, right? Yeah. (laughs) So just like recruiting wise, you know, make sure you start early, you know, it's never too early. So, um, and then I guess like if, uh, once you're like, if you're getting prepared to go into colleges, be prepared to like, you know, you have to give your all a hundred percent because, you know, nobody wants to be the guy that's left behind on the bus because you didn't make the grades or you didn't make, you know, you, you're not the skill level everybody else is at. So, you know, if, you know, when you get recruited, coaches see potential in you. That's why they're not recruiting you just to recruit you. You know, they want you on their team. So don't let them down. I mean like that the other day we got chewed out at our lifts because people weren't showing up and I've never like personally I've never been yelled at like that before but we needed to it was like it was necessary like there's times where somebody will say you know yell at me or something because I wasn't doing right but you know I'll give a smart remark or I'll you know kind of like argue back in my head I'm like you know that's not true but like in this case it was like you couldn't say anything your throat it was one of those cases where your throat was hurting the entire time because you knew it was true, and we just got it. We got you have to hold yourself accountable, hold each other accountable, because at the very end, it's a team thing, and just make sure you stay on top of your grades. Uh, you know, you know, make it a habit to practice, because you know, what's it called? It's true that you lose your stick skills if you don't if you don't practice. It's it's a very true thing, and it's and it can be a scary thing that you see all these people above you, and then all of a sudden you can't compete with them, because then you know that. You know, the, the inevitable outcome, you know, is not being able to play. And that sucks. Nobody likes it because p- people get down and it sucks. So, yeah, just stay on top of stuff. Like you get the – I was going to say the final word, but I might have a, a, <laughs> a smart comment to throw at the end. So it's, it's the semi-final word on this. So, so, yeah, my biggest thing is uh, as you go into college, um, it's a new start and everything. If you were the top dog on your high school team, uh, you're not anymore. As much as you hate to admit it, you are not the top dog anymore. You have to go out there. You have to earn that title. And uh, that's one of those realities. Um, But you get a fresh start um, 
whether that's socially or athletically or academically, you get to be whoever you want to be. And so make good decisions, be who you want to be. And, uh, yeah, uh, everything you do, you need to do it to be better. Yeah. Fresh start's awesome. It's one of the, it's one of the, man, one of the handful of times in your life when you get to reinvent yourself if you want to, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. This is, uh, unfortunately for you guys, I, I've got a, I really have a a fetish about polka music right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I have it. I keep trying to use polka music. Brendan, uh, what did Brendan end up with? He did banjo. banjo. He chose banjo. Uh, Chris Arnold, he wanted the Irish music. So you guys may get stuck with the polka. Just, just warning you. Yeah, right, I'll, I'll start. I'll yeah. get up and start dancing. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be solid. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming. It was awesome. It's fun to talk to you guys. Um, it was fun to talk to you rather than coach against you. Uh, it was awesome. Intergalactic world champs. <laughs> Intergalactic world champs. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming out. I had a blast. I hope you did too. Thank um, you. These, yeah. these conversations are always so much fun. Yeah.